listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Uh, we usually assemble the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to play a game of trivia, but today's episode is a bit different. Most of us on the bench are fantasy football players, so we thought we'd grab a few of us and chat about that for a bit. We're going to talk about position tiers. We'll talk about sleepers, hit on some late round gets, and discuss some overall draft strategy. So let's welcome our bench warmers to the show. Uh, we have Eric and Scott. Eric, what's going on in your world today, bud? Nothing. Um, I forgot fantasy football is a thing until, you know, maybe a week ago. And um, nothing I like more than talking about fantasy football with uh, people that know what they're talking about. So hopefully we can do that today. Scott, you just got done playing a softball game. Did you kick some butt tonight? Yeah, we finally got a win. Uh, we're now two and five on the season, so that's uh, yeah, that's pretty good. It was a good game. Um, I mean, I'm exhausted, but nothing gets me fired up more. Like Eric said, you know, talking fantasy football with some people who know what's going on, some people who have some clout. I know you guys uh, have been playing for a while and have some championships under your belt. So let's try to help the listeners get one too. Yeah, just some uh, bona fides. I was telling this earlier to you guys, but. Uh, I have played in at least three leagues every year of my adult life. And the first fantasy football league that I played in started in 1992 with my brother. This was back in the day when on Tuesday, the USA Today would print out all the statistics and a person would have to manually calculate the whole deal. And I have to call and leave. You're going to love this one, Scott. I have to call and leave my lineup, my brother's voicemail machine. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So I've won a few championships in my day and I'm now the commissioner of two different leagues. One league with actually with 24 teams in it. So it's kind of fun. So, yeah. So why don't you both you guys give a little bit uh, about your history and how long you've been doing fantasy football? No, yeah, um, I mean I can't remember, you know, when I started. Um, <laughs> when you weren't I mean, doing it, <laughs> right? It's become more of a, 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 you know, second nature thing. Like August rolls around, I, you know, my wife would yell at me because I had bought about seventeen magazines, and you know, what's what's that about? Why is there a stack of them? It's not There's Playboy. Different it's than the fantasy normal football. magazines that you buy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I don't have to hide these ones. Well, I mean, all right, Scott, how about you? Yeah, I, I think I've been playing for about 15 years or so. I I started playing in high school. Um, I'm kind of a different beast when it comes to fantasy football. I am all about being a general manager. Like I <laughs> always lead the league in trades. I'm always like trying to swing draft day deals. Um, sure. I remember one year particularly, I, I had the number four overall pick and my best friend had the number one and I really wanted Larry Johnson and I knew he was going number one that year. And I made this like pre-draft before the draft deal with him where he takes Larry Johnson for me. I draft like his, the next two, cause like we couldn't actually do drafts prior to the draft, like in the league, trades. like tri yeah, trades for your team so I was like I worked it out and everything and like he goes and he drafts like some other running back and I'm like dude you completely blew up <laughs> the whole plan now up. my whole draft is messed up <laughs> because you click you claim to click the wrong button you idiot so um I, I it's a lot of fun though I love it so when we do our our bench warmer league that we're planning on doing um I am accused all the time of being the guy that says 45 trade you know offers a day um, if I'm bored at work, I'm just, I'm going to let you know, I'm sending your yep. offers. So that's, that's going to yep. happen. I, I make my bones off of the waiver wire more than I do trades because 
just because I think I get more value from that beside of yeah. giving something up. But you know, that's just my thing. Well, the, the one league I've probably been in the longest, um, they've made a rule um, that, you know, they have to limit the waiver wire acquisitions because of me. So that's called the Eric Eid rule. It really was. And they're like, no, <laughs> like they'll be watching a game on, you know, Sunday. And we're like, oh, that guy's had, he had a good game. And then the other, you just turn and look at each other. He's already got him picked. He's up. already claimed him. He's already gone. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, welcome to the bench, gentlemen. Let's go ahead and get this uh, conversation kicked off here. Uh, let's start off with our position tiers. Scott has prepared uh, some uh, tiers and levels and uh, names out there on different tiers and different positions. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, turn it over to Scott. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so for my running backs, I put them, I think I have five tiers um, and I'll kind of explain them as I go along. Uh, you know, the top tier guys are your round one, you know, you're probably first five or six, you know, seven picks in the draft. I may be the only person in the country who doesn't have Christian McCaffrey at number one <laughs> overall. Um yeah. explain think, that please yeah i i just honestly <laughs> i think saquon barkley is a better number one overall pick this year i just think that um you know carolina went out and got you know some weapons they got robbie anderson you know matt rules in there i think that they're going to throw the ball a little bit more matt you know not that mccaffrey i mean he's going to get his catches but, but you, i just you, you need to pay attention to who's throwing the ball too yeah, absolutely. Bridgewater, I know he's a check down guy, but I also think they're going to implement a little bit more of a college offense. I think they're going to do more jet sweeps and things of that nature to Curtis Samuel, yeah. to Anderson and DJ Moore. They got a lot of speed on that offense. So, so you're saying that his his production is just gonna, I mean, it's not that his value is going to go down generally absolutely, for right. his team. His production as a fantasy football player is going to go down about 15 percent or something. I'm not like going that. to obviously anyone that takes McCaffrey if you, if you have the first overall pick like that's a slam dunk. I'm not oh, saying yeah. that, but I trust. Bridgewater more as a quarterback than I do Daniel Jones, meaning I think that New York is going to rely even more on their running back to protect the younger, more ineffective quarterback. That's true, but at the same time, you then have to think of the fact that the Giants are trash. And I'm not saying that just as a Cowboys fan, I'm saying that as a football fan. Um, and when they're down 25 points, uh, yeah. you know, the start of the second half, how, how many, you know, granted, Barkley does catch the ball. Yeah, I think it's going to be more them trusting him to catch it more than they trust you know, Darius Slayton in year two, despite, you know, the breakout more than they trust Evan Ingram if he's ever on the field. You know, Saquon might be more sure-handed than almost all their receivers. Let's just clarify that primarily when we're talking about this stuff, we're talking about a normal draft uh, snake and we're talking about a normal PPR type league. Correct. If you do something funky with your scoring or something different, we're, we're just trying to talk generally here. We're not talking specifically about a different. So we're just going to say that default is PPR snake. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. So, so my, my, cause I have McCaffrey number one by far. Um, I mean, and by far, I mean, I still, it's one, a one B with McCaffrey and Barkley. Um, but my consistency with the offense is what I would lean towards. All right. Whose offense do you have more hope for? Sure. Yeah. You definitely have more confidence in, in Carolina's offense. Um, again, I mean, I, again, if, if I'm one, one, maybe I go Saquon, Maybe I go McCaffrey. I'm not saying it, you know, I'd have to put a little bit of thought into it as far as, you know, how I'd want the rest of the draft to play out. Um, but those are my top two. Other guys in my tier yeah, Scott, one. So what do you got in your three through five list? Yeah, my three. So I actually, so my three is actually Alvin Kamara. Really? Um, yeah, you know, he, he missed some time last year with injury. It seems like he's, he's healthy. I think that the, you know, listen, Michael Thomas had an all-world season. That's not going to happen again. 
you know, teams are going to scheme a little bit more, you know, throw more doubles and things on him. And I I love the Emmanuel Sanders acquisition, you know, for that offense. But I I think they're going to lean a little bit more run heavy. You know, you see this as quarterbacks get older. Drew Brees is great. But, you know, every year that a quarterback gets older, the teams tend to run the ball a little bit more, you know, as that happens. So Kamara over, over Zeke. I have, yeah, I have Kamara at three. Uh, I have, I actually, uh, Zeke is actually in my top, is in my second tier because Ooh. I think the Cowboys have way too many weapons. I, I think they're going to, interesting. I think the Cowboys are going to throw a lot more than we've seen them throw in a long time. He's a, he thinks Tony Pollard is going to kill him. He's going to make, <laughs> yes, exactly. Tony Pollard is going to be on the, on the field third down for sure. Maybe some second, third down getting some jet sweeps. He's a fast guy. Snake and touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Rounding, rounding out my, uh, my four and five at four, I have uh, Minnesota boy Dalvin Cook. Uh, I, you know, I think the loss of Stefan Diggs only, you know, helps Dalvin Cook even more at this point. As long as he stays healthy, that's he's his touching big the ball. question mark. Though. Yeah, he's touching the ball twenty five times a game. Their offensive line is trash. It is, but you know, he's a guy that can make something year. out of nothing. Yeah, he's a guy that's pretty good at making something out of nothing. Uh, rounding out my tier one, you guys are gonna hate this, but it's Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I just think the production. I mean, the, he's the clear cut. There's no one else in that backfield now that Damian Williams has opted out. And we see what Andy Reid does with running backs going all the way back to Corral Buckhalter and Brian Westbrook in Philadelphia. He's a solid pass catcher. He's going to be on the field three downs. Yep. And he's a big guy, too. He's sturdy. He's going to last. He's not going to – injuries are not going to be a thing for him. He's going to get his – And teams are going to – He's going to get his catches. Exactly. And teams are scheming to, to shut down Tyreek, and they're scheming to take out Travis Kelsey. So what does that leave? You know, that's going to leave open holes for Edward Lair up the middle because those linebackers are going to be – you know, linebacker of safety have to cover Kelsey every play. Well, I mean, the, the fact that Damian Williams was even a fantasy option just shows you how – the it, you can put anybody it was almost like the broncos from what the yeah 90s early 2000s were you know name a guy orlando <laughs> scary yeah. ruben drones like yeah. all these guys were like just exactly taking over so that's your tier one guys your tier one's wrapped up with clyde yep so that gets us to how many six did you have in your tier one five those are my those that's are five. my top five okay. backs yep so i mean my tier i built my tiers differently um i was a little more um so like my tier one is just three guys Okay. And then tier two, I drop a little faster. So it's basically tier one are my guys that I can set my watch to that I know I'm getting my points out of every week. Tier two, I mean, it's fairly, you know, fairly regular, but I mean, there's those times where they're going to, they're, they're boomer bust sometimes one week or the other, um, whether it be 30 or 40 points and then one week 12, which should, you shouldn't be getting 12 points out of your RB1. But. No, not especially not in PPR. So who do you have in your tier one then? Do you my have tier one. List? Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, McCaffrey, Barkley, and then I have Zeke. Those those are my top three guys, the guys that you know are getting their touches, that they don't you don't have to worry about catches as much because you know they're still going to run the ball and get their carries. Um, the catches are great. So now I'm curious because I would actually I – didn't, I didn't create tiers here for this positions. I didn't have time to do that, so I relied on you guys. But, you know, I, I know that there's one name that we talked about earlier that I'm hearing. I'm interested to see where he fits in your guys' second and third tier. So why don't we go to the second tier? and see where my guy, Josh Jacobs, uh, lands. So go ahead. He's probably in the third tier for both of you, but he was reliable for me last year. He got me lots of points. Who do you got in your second tier, Scott? So uh, my second tier is where I have Ezekiel Elliott. Again, I just think it's based on the fact that we're going to see a lot more three wide receiver sets, you know, with Gallup, Lamb, and Amari Cooper. So, you know, I just think that Dak's going to be throwing more, more than we've seen. You, you know, the offense under Mike McCarthy, we, we saw what he did in Green Bay. They almost never ran the ball. I'm not saying, obviously, he never had a player even close to Ezekiel Elliott. 
the but, best offensive line in football. How can you know, he not run the ball? Yeah, I mean, they're going to run the ball. I just think, you know, McCarthy is a guy, you, at first, you know, you go back to what you know, right? Yep. Starting off, yeah. he has a does, coach. Does, does Jerry Jones let him not run the ball with somebody he's paying that much money to? No, no of course not. I, Zeke's going to get his touches. I just, yeah. I don't know that we're going to see, you know, 25 touches the game. We may see 21 or 22. And that may sure. just be the little bit of difference, you know, to put a guy like Kamara, let's say, for example, who may be touching the ball 25, 26 times. Well, Zeke, Zeke's making his money off his touchdowns. Yep, I mean, yeah. really what it comes down to. And that's the other thing, carries. too. Right. And, but C.D. Lamb is, I mean, that's a huge red zone target. You know, the guy was a touchdown beast at Oklahoma, you know. And sure. so when you have a guy like that, you draft him in the first round, he falls into your lap. You know, see, I agree with that in most other years, but at the same time, we're living in a different world right now um, where I'm not trusting rookies as much as I normally would. Sure. Without well, yeah, the preseason, oh, without, good point, you know, good point. Very good point. And I, that's probably something we can talk about later as well. Uh, the rest of my tier two, uh, I have Austin Eckler in my tier two. Really? I, Austin Eckler is going to be, uh, I mean, a fantasy just beast this year. I mean, he's incredible catching it out of the backfield. He's the clear-cut number one. There's no Melvin Gordon, you know, to share the ball with him. Even when Melvin Gordon played last year, Eckler was still productive. Mm -hmm. Now you get rid of him. You have Tyrod Taylor, who is a, you know, a check-down type passer. He doesn't throw downfield. And if Justin Herbert ends up coming in, what do you do with a rookie quarterback? You let him hand off the ball. I think Eckler's going to have a ton of touches. We're talking probably easily 25 touches a game. You know, he's great out of the backfield. So I, I don't see any reason why his production doesn't skyrocket from where it was last year. Okay. Who else you got in that tier? Uh, the rest of my tier two uh, are, you know, guys that are more traditionally going to be running the football. Uh, that's, you know, Mr. Playoffs himself, Derrick Henry. Again, just based on the volume that he's going to have, you know, can Tannehill do it back to back years? We don't know. But, to, you know, to try to ease him in and make sure that he's not overexposed, mm -hmm. they're going to be running the ball. Uh, Nick Chubb, again, same thing. There's a lot of weapons on that Cleveland team. You know, they got Austin Hooper in the offseason. They're going to throw more, I think. But Nick Chubb's been the guy there. I, I don't worry too much about Kareem Hunt as much as I like Kareem Hunt. Chubb's a clear-cut guy. And then uh, your boy, of course, Matt, Aaron Jones, for the same reason. We've seen an uptick in the running of, of the football in Green Bay since LaFord got there. Aaron Rodgers' completion percentage continues to go down, and they want to, you know, mitigate injuries for him. They only have one guy to throw to, and we'll get to that later. So I still think he's going to continue to run the ball. I, I and just being consuming a lot of Packers stuff lately. I'm hearing a lot about AJ Dillon, which makes me curious. I love AJ Dillon, but Eric's yeah. point to get about rookies is you know it's Aaron oh, Jones' yeah. team until if it's it was, not. It's his job to lose. You know, if it was a typical rookie, if, typical season, I'd say AJ Dillon's probably going to share. It's probably going to be like a 65-35 deal, or whatever. But because of the weird thing, he's probably going to get the majority. Go ahead, Eric. Where, where I, I mean, you where are you with Miles Sanders at this point? Uh, Miles Sanders is in my tier four. Uh, the reason being that I just think the Eagles are going to throw a lot more than they did last year. They actually are going to have healthy targets, both tight ends, uh, you know, as far as I know uh, at this recording are healthy, you know, Deshaun Jackson, they drafted Jalen Rager. Yeah. I think they have a little bit more weapons to open it, open things up and spread it a little bit. I like Miles Sanders a lot, but I just, I see him as a, a tier four right now because I'm not sure how many touches he's going to actually end up having. And then what about like, so, so Sanders, I mean, who do you have higher? Like, cause I have Sanders and I have Kenyon Drake around the same. Mm -hmm. I was wondering about Drake. I, I have them in the same tier. They're both in my tier four. My tier three guys that I have higher would be uh, Joe Mixon, uh, just based on rookie quarterback in volume. Again, 
I think he's going to be touching the ball a lot, especially early in the season as they're bringing Burrow along. Uh, I Also, Sony Michelle for the same reason. You know, Cam Newton has always done well in an offense when, you know, he's got guys behind him that can run the ball and open but, up the but, offense. But that's that's such a – Brady's gone. No one knows what that, that place is anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially with um, – the way Belichick coaches, you drop the ball once. Sure. Good luck seeing the field. I, for, but I think you, know you see I mean? in offenses a lot when there is uncertainty. You know, what's the first thing you're going to try to do is run the ball and control the sure. clock. And, you know, control the tempo. It's weird to say not to get into like sleepers early or anything, but I actually, out of the, all the, the the New England running backs, I like Damian Harris the best. Yeah, I like. I I mean, I liked him a lot at at you know when he was at Bama. I liked him a lot. Uh, my other tier three guys that I uh, are kind of two guys that a couple years ago were you know, clear-cut tier one guys. And that's, you know, Le'Veon Bell, uh, who, again, I, the Jets' offense still stinks. It's awful. They have no receivers and no pass catchers. Adam Gase has publicly come out and said, yeah, I messed up last year, guys. Like, I needed to use him more and, you know, give him – if they don't give him the ball more, he's gone. You know, like, he's not staying on that team. So I think he's going to get some volume. And then I actually really – I think Todd Gurley is a little bit underlooked coming into this season. Hmm, and definitely. we know – we know health is always going to be a concern with him, 1,000%. But, you know, even if you get a Todd Gurley at 75%, there's no one else in that backfield. I mean, Ito Smith is a nice handcuff, but there's no one else in that backfield. You know, everyone's going to be keying in on Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. So if Gurley, you know, can really play – if he plays, let's say, 12 games, if there ends up being a 16-game season, I, it wouldn't shock me if he finishes a top-10 back. You know, it's not – it's never been a talent issue. I think he's motivated now on a new team and I, I think you know he could have a, a real nice bounce back season. it's it's his comments prior to the priest or training camp I guess you would say scare me um off of him a little bit um because I'm not sure how committed he is with this you know pandemic that we're living in sure um oh he, he's mentioned Gurley? yeah he's mentioned that he might not play if they don't have the right plan so I feel like if he's not comfortable he's not going to be there yeah no that's a good caveat there so, so Josh Jacobs, you didn't have him in the top three. You had him in the fourth tier. I, I, I don't really like Josh Jacobs, to be honest with you. And it's, it's, a, it's another thing where I think there's going to be there's more weapons in Oakland, right? They love Henry Ruggs. They love Henry Ruggs. They love the speed. Gruden loves the speed. You know, Hunter Renfro came on so well last year. I think they're going to throw a little bit more. I don't See, even know. Gruden's that- always been an H-back, two-back system guy. I mean, from years and years and years ago, even when he was in the West Coast offense, he always liked the two-back with an H back situation. He likes to have that 12 personnel constantly. So I still think he's going to run the ball a lot. And I think there is no one else on that team, but Josh, Jack, Josh Jacobs to run the ball. I mean, so no, and there's, I still I think mean, he's going to get 16 touches a game. Other than Jacobs and Darren Waller. And I mean, Henry Ruggs, but again, rookie, yep. what, what, what is there? You know what I mean? There's. Well, Derek they really Hart. like, they really like uh, Foster Moreau the tight end not to get on a tight end there Eric but you know and your and your guy you know Mr. Witten uh you know and I and the other thing too is I think they're going to ease in Josh Jacobs we saw he got injured at okay. the end of the season yeah, he did you know I don't know that they're necessarily going to be out there running them 18 20 times a game the, at least the first few weeks you got to let, let him get a seat like you know? staying out in the west then what do you think you didn't you don't have Mel you have Mel Gordon in the fourth tier also I don't too many, too many cooks in the kitchen in Denver I feel yep yeah I actually Denver have running the ball Philip Lindsay Yep. Oh, I forgot. And they still have Royce Freeman as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think it's he's going to get. Is that I think his real I, name? What was his name? Yeah, Lindsay Peyton Davenport? Lindsay. Peyton Lindsay. 
And they're also going to throw a lot more too. And I, like, that's something I'll get into later, I think as well with the okay. weapons that they have. Um, and then the, the running, yeah, go on ahead. the running back side, then Eric, did you have anybody else that, that uh, Scott didn't bring up? No, I mean, my, my big thing right there is um, actually there's a couple Chris Carson. Yep. Oh. Love Chris Carson. Yeah, However, yeah. he's one of those guys like that Seattle offense is hard to predict week to week. Always. Um, but my big guy is actually, uh, I mean, it all depends on the quarterback situation in Chicago, but I love, love David Montgomery. Um, he's like last year as a rookie, I thought he was one of the more impressive runners just based on running um, that I've seen play. So and he just, he's got that, you know, no quit attitude where he's just, you know, it takes more than like almost like a young, smaller Marshawn Lynch um, where he's just like, it's, it, he, he's, he's just a bowling ball out there. That offense just scares me because they just don't know what they're doing. They don't well, know how to run an offense. That's, and, and that's, that's it. And then you got Terry Cohen over there. That's it. it it's just – it's if they would just give him the ball like they should, yeah, I think every, it would be great. That's what scares me the most. I would I have David Montgomery like in my tier four with guys like um, a couple other guys we didn't mention. Mark Ingram is in there. It's it's his job, you know, until we see, maybe see anything out of J.K. Dobbins. But until then, it's it's still Mark Ingram's, you know, and we know how much that offense likes to run. And I also have Leonard Fournette in my tier four just on sheer volume, just on volume because yeah, he's going to run the ball, but he's if, he's when, not a producer. What, what week? You know what I mean? What week is he going to run the ball? The week Bam. that he's there, it, it's it's yep. He's yep. one of those guys that, you know, anybody that plays fantasy football knows you get burned by him and he's he's is not on my board ever again. He's that guy. Like I waste a first round pick on you and then you don't play. And then I'm just like So do you want to hit on sleeper, running back sleepers, deep round guys right now, or do we want to come back for sleepers later? I think since we're in we might as well, right? Yeah. I mean, since we're already talking about the position. Some of the running back sleepers that I got on my list, I think, are ones we already mentioned. I'm really big on Damian Harris. I think he in a he's gonna he's probably gonna be gone when Scott after the ninth round or so, maybe or Damian, might he, even be later than may, that. He may he not may get s- drafted. Yeah, I was gonna he say he be, might, yeah. he's probably gonna slow. They still got Rex I think Burkhead. he's worth a he's worth a late pick. I really think Tony Pollard because I still don't think. Zeke's going to get the ball as much as, as everyone thinks. So I think Tony Pollard, especially if Zeke gets injured, he's going to be a workhorse for that team. And then the other one that I had on my list, I think that I have two others. Oh, well, yeah, I'll finish, I'll do with him last. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I think, is going to be okay in Washington. I think they're going to, you know, he's another guy that's going to be back there. and he'll He's be a okay. gadget player, too. With, you know, yeah. he's going to catch a lot as well, too, being a former receiver. And my guy that I'm going to say that uh, I'm certainly going to draft. And that is Zach Moss. He up in Buffalo, they, I'm sorry, they got nothing. And <laughs> I don't think they're, <laughs> I think Zach Moss is going to, he's going to, he's going to get a lot of points in my opinion. They, so. they love motor Singletary, man. Yeah. I will say for Zach, I will say for Zach Moss, they're going to run a lot, you know, because Josh Allen's so inconsistent him and Devin Singletary, I think will have fantasy relevance. So Singletary is going to be the guy that's moving the needle for them. Is Zach is, Moss is, is going to be, be that guy? RB1? I, I would think so. But, you know, especially, right. I think early on too, especially with a rookie coming in, but you think Moss I, will probably take it over sometime. I think in especially season. like within 20 yards or so it's, I've heard that quite a bit. Um, sleepers. I mean, I wouldn't even call these sleepers. Um, I, guys not getting love, I guess I would call this. It's not go. so much um, a sleeper, but David Johnson. That's mine too. That was my oh, guy. David, as well. yep. He's he's fallen off a cliff 
And if you can get him in rounds four, five, you know what I mean? Like he's sitting there. No one wants him anymore. He's going to be their RB1, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, Will Fuller only plays six to eight games a, a year. So, you but know, here's the not question. Throwing. Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks. No, I'm good. I'm good Can on that. Anybody on that team make up for what has to be the most ridiculous head coach and general manager in the history of all professional sports? Has he passed? He's he's passed. Well, I guess he's head coach, but I mean, worst general manager ever um, compared to Jerry Jones. Like, is he, is he on that level? He's on that level. He's getting there. Yeah, if he's not there yet, he's he's real I'll, close. I'll, I'll tell you this right now, though. He's going to look like a genius if David Johnson goes off. That's true. Yeah. What are the chances that David Johnson's going <laughs> on? A couple other guys uh, that I want to talk about. One is Daryl Henderson in L.A. Yes, 100% uh, on that. I agree with you 1,000%. Guy's great. I mean, he's a great runner through the tackles. He can get outside. I know there's all this hype about Cam Akers, who they drafted, but again, rookie in a weird pandemic. And two, Daryl Henderson, they, you know, this is a guy, you know, they drafted when they had that girly uncertainty a few years ago, you know, that they felt like could be a bell cow back. And I think this is his put up or shut up year. You know, they finally need to try to make good on that investment. Um, another one is Matt Breida out in Miami. Another guy that, I mean, he's quick, man. He's shot out of a cannon. you got a rookie quarterback in there. You know, he's a check down guy. He can catch the ball. I know they have Jordan Howard, and he's going to vulture the touchdowns, and I understand that. But I think Breida's still a guy that's good. 75, 80 yards a game, you know, all purpose. You know, every single week he's going to be doing that. So let me throw my, my, last, my last name out here, um, which I don't see on much of, my, much of the ranking lists that I look at. Um, and it's going to be Bryce Love. In Washington, well, somebody's yeah. got to take that, take over that job. Right, Adrian Peterson's 105 years old. Like it's is now uh, when you spend 20 minutes talking about Adrian Peterson. Yes, now now let's dabble a little bit into the uh, please the don't. man Adrian Peterson that <laughs> Matt loves all so much. Um, but no, I mean he's how old is he? Seriously, what? I couldn't care less. Forty. <laughs> no, think he's my like, dad's he's age. Like 35 like, or 34. Yeah, right. He's not as old as Frank Gore, right? No, but Price Love, I mean, he's he's a legitimate option, especially, you know, when Peterson eventually his knees turned to dust or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, this guy was, you know, on his way to being a Heisman finalist in a first-round pick at Stanford, yeah. you know, before he got hurt. So he certainly has the talent. Um, one question real quick. Where do you guys draft Raheem Mostert? I don't. Oh, Right. I yeah. probably don't either. He's a big, he's my big wild card at running back because we saw what he could do, you know, yeah. in the second half of last season and getting I'll them. I'll he gets injured within the first two months. It's not he's only that, it's, it's just all the off season stuff. I don't, you know, I, he doesn't want to be there how, anymore. Right. I don't know how motivated he's going to be. I don't know the usage, you know, Jarek McKinnon's coming back, Tevin Coleman's still there, you know, but he's a guy that, you know, I think there are going to be some people in leagues that, you know, draft Raheem Mostert in like round four. But that's what it's going to be is like, that's why I won't touch him is yep. the fact that he will be, people are going to want him. Yeah. He's that guy this year. Doesn't, doesn't add up. So we spent a good, almost 30 minutes or 25 minutes talking about running backs because running backs are the most important position in fantasy football. So that makes sense. So we'll fly through some of these other positions here and not spend as much time going in depth. Otherwise this would be a four hour podcast. <laughs> so uh, Scott, take us where we're going next. Or what do you got? What do you got? What's your, next uh, position I mean, going we're going to go to wide receivers next because you know, those are really probably the only two positions you should be considering in the first round, you know, 
uh, in most years. So uh, my wide receiver tier one, I've got four guys. I don't think there'll be much of a surprise. Uh, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and Devontae Adams would be my tier one guys. Um, I Pretty self-explanatory. I don't really think I need to elaborate on that. No Tyreek Hill? Uh, he would be at the top of my tier two. Uh, I think there's a little bit of injury concern this year. In fact, I literally just saw a report come through that he hamstring today. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a little thing, you know, there. And again, I just, you know, Travis Kelsey got that contract. You know, he's, he's going to have a big year, I think. And Edwards Allaire, I love Tyreek Hill, but tier two for me, Um, my other tier two guys, we just talked about him, Stefan Diggs, uh, just based on the fact that they're when they have to throw the ball. I, you know, I think he's the guy they're going to throw the ball to. So I think there's going to be some volume there. Uh, Cooper Cup is a tier two guy for me. No more Brandon Cooks. No more of this. Well, which guys are going to be the you know this week? And I love I like Robert Woods as well. But Cooper Cup has been Jared Goff's you know best friend since he's gotten there. You know, um, if it weren't for injuries, you know, you're looking at a guy that's you know he's almost pencil him in for you know eight catches a game, you know, almost every single game. And I think that the volume only increases with him. My other tier two guys are both on Tampa. That's Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. You know, Godwin finished number two wide receiver in all fantasy last year. I don't think he's going to sustain that with all the weapons in Tampa. And Mike Evans, I think, is the big receiver that Brady has lacked in his life for so long now that I I just think that Evans is going to just be a red zone monster for that team. So they're in my tier two. Here's a name that I was curious about with Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo. What do we think about Adam Thielen in Minnesota? He's pretty much Cousins' only option, you know. But do you trust Cousins is the thing? Well, not only that, it's, you know, is Thielen going to be double covered all season, though, you know? Is he going to be double covered all season and teams are just going to say, hey, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith, go ahead and beat us, you know? Is that, you know, that's my concern with Thielen is, I, you know, I just don't know how open he's going to be this year. You know, he's in my tier three, you know, with guys like Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, you know, that are – going to be you know target monsters so you're not you're not high on aj brown i like aj brown a lot i just and i don't want to sit here and say he was like a flash in the pan or anything but i i you know i think it came as such a surprise i think teams are gonna you know they have a chance to game plan for him now you know sure. because it, it was so out such out of the unknown last year you know and they for some reason this team loves Corey davis and i don't know why because he sucks and he's trash <laughs> and he's awful he's but supposed to be they you know amazing they, yeah, it's like it's like Gretchen Wieners trying to make fetch happen in Mean Girls. Like they they continue to try to make Corey Davis happen, and it doesn't work, you know. But he's still going to be a factor. And again, I just, I think they're going to run a lot. I like AJ Brown, but give me guys that have done it before, you know. Give me give me Juju Smith Schuster. Give me Amari Cooper. You know, give me Tyler Lockett. You know, T Y Hilton. I'd no, rather have those guys. Tyler Lockett is dead to me. He's dead to me. Fantasy championship last year, I needed like six points out of the guy who's getting me 30 all year and he gets me zero. Like that's no, never again. I was going <laughs> to ask about T.Y. Hilton because I always feel strongly that with Philip Rivers there and Philip Rivers is trying to prove something, I think, to the league. And he always throws the ball about 45 or 50 times every game. That's just that's just Philip Rivers. T.Y. Hilton's his only option, right? Does he have anybody that's even close to T.Y. Hilton's caliber out there? So I think T.Y. Hilton's going to get about, I mean, like, it wouldn't be ridiculous if he had about 200 targets, you know? <laughs> so that guy's going to get the ball thrown to him every week, all the time. There's, with, with Phillip Rivers, it's going to come down to how well you run your routes. Um, he was, I mean, that's why Keenan Allen was such a stud with Phillip Rivers. He knew where he was going to be, when he was going to be there, because he ran precise routes. Um, and I don't think you're, you can really expect that from 
Paris Campbell or was it who's the oh, other Michael Michael, Michael Pittman, Pittman Jr. Yeah. You know what? It's yeah. So I mean, if as long as I'm not sure how Hilton is with his routes. Um, I mean, I feel like he's just a guy that usually just runs a fly route. You yeah. Know? That's and does Philip Rivers have an arm anymore? So that worries me a little bit with that. Um, but I mean, they got two running backs now. Um, technically, what three if you count uh, Hines? So you Still got Hines, yeah. Taylor, and Mac. Marlon Mack's not dead. Um, it's I don't know. I feel like they're going to be a run talk heavy about now. People dying on this podcast. Come on. <laughs> the bonus episode. I figure we we're safe. Yeah. Okay, we're safe. Good. Uh, there's a couple of teams I want to ask you guys about. Um, you know, as far as who who do you think the top guy is on on those specific teams? One of them's uh, the Browns. How do you guys feel that shakes out for wide receiver? For just catching options, yeah, pass catching options. I think I think Odell still is the is probably the one that's going to get the most targets now. Whether Would you rather not... have him than Jarvis Landry? I I don't I don't trust the guy throwing the ball. That's I was well. Just, see, that's the thing. Yeah. If you don't trust the guy throwing the ball, you take the guy that's the safer bet, which is Landry, who's running five or six yard slant routes. You know. Yeah, and I feel okay. that Beckham's too unstable, and I don't mean that physically. I mean he's he's very he could be upset very easily. That type of guy, where if he you know he's got a bad game or you know he's wide open and didn't get the ball or he's just he portrays himself to me personally like as just you know that that diva wide receiver mentality that oh, yeah. you know and that's, that's why i don't guy. trust anybody on that team because they're all a bunch of personalities they're not a team the only guy i trust on that team is nick chubb yeah the Fair. end the begins uh, and ends there what about uh the lions kenny galladay was quietly a top 10 fantasy wide receiver last year i don't like kenny galladay personally but i i've i've read that and it, as i was reading and looking at rankings and see him as high as he is it's just it's I, I'm 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 thinking I missed something last year. Yeah, same. Well, it's he, the, the second no half of the season, he caught everything that was thrown at him. Yeah, and he was getting everything underneath, and then getting a tons of yak afterwards. But I still think that Marvin Jones Jr. is a guy who can become a reliable threat for Stafford. But Galladay is still going to get the majority of the targets. Yeah. The one mean, thing, whether I it's think... 65 or 60%, he's still going to get more than, than Jones Jr. The one thing I will say in Galladay's favor is that, you know, he put up that production, you know, with Matthew Stafford hurt, you know, so. True. So let me give you three names. I want to know who you would take out of these three. Um, Cortland Sutton, Kenny Galladay, and Adam Thielen. I'd say probably Thielen, just based on there's no one else to catch the ball. And – Cortland Sutton is, you know, they've got two tight ends there that they really, really like. They've got, they drafted two receivers in the first two rounds that they really, really like. They have the two running backs, three if you count Royce Freeman. That's a lot of mouths to feed for me. Sure. So give me the guy where there's only one mouth, and that's Adam Thielen's. Thielen's going to get you six catches a game. Galladay is a boomer bust kind of guy. I don't think he's going to get you consistent points. And I'm not sure Sutton, I don't know, who do they got throwing the ball out there? I don't Drew, really... Lock, Drew Lock is not I, I honestly if I'm taking just a guy to stash on my bench if all the quarterbacks are gone um I know Matt I know you're you're big on Daniel Jones but I think Drew Lock <laughs> might be that guy for me I will I will talk about Drew Lock yeah, let's get while. to that when we get to quarterbacks so, are we doing so, quarterbacks next wait no let me give let me give you three more names now I, give okay. me a same style question it's going to be DJ Chark Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore I would say DJ Moore I would also say DJ Moore I just I like I feel the most confident in that offense of the three offenses. And again, I just think Matt rules a really innovative offensive mind. He's going to find ways to get more involved, even if it's not in a traditional sense. 
Yeah, Moore's going to get more targets. Uh, I don't chuck it. I don't. Uh, Jacksonville does nothing for me. You just never know with them. Like, uh, you know, one year it's like Marquise Lee's the guy. The next year, D.D. Westbrook's the guy. The next year, uh, what was his name? Uh, Keelan Cole's the guy. You know, like, you just never know. Last year it was Chark. This year it could be someone completely it's almost, different. It's almost like you did a top ten list of all pass-catching Jacksonville Jaguars, right? <laughs> anyway. Nice callback. So so who's um, more affected by the, the Arizona getting Hopkins? I think Christian Kirk is pretty much irrelevant, unfortunately. Even the, as impressive as he was, I mean, you, you don't think? I think he's going to be a nice, you know, Randall Cobb type player at this point now. And I'm not saying, I mean, hey, he had fantasy relevance, Randall Cobb, but he's not a guy that he's not going to score touchdowns. He's a guy that you, he's number five on your wide receiver depth chart on your bench. He's, he's going to play when everyone else is on by. And then he might get you five points. And you're like, okay. Great. I got five points out of this guy who right. normally gets me two. Yeah. Right. He's not the guy bench. I want in my flex thinking oh, I'll get 12 points and then he gets oh, four. Oh, no. You know? Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't trust him. The only other guy I wanted to talk about was uh, Debo Samuel over in San Francisco mm-hmm. because he had some flashes last year and it wasn't even just catching the ball. He, he ran on so many jet sweeps and so many reverses. And the guy looked like a running back a lot of the time. He was getting almost like 40, 50 rushing yards a game. You know, yeah. you combine that in. So if he does that and then catches five passes, you know, for 40 yards, that's 14 points quietly. You know, sure. that's a flex play right there. And they could love him in San Francisco. Jalen Hurd just got hurt again. Debo Samuel is out for first six weeks of the season, though. Yeah. Yeah, but he's a guy you pick up, you know, if you're, if you're yeah. trying to make that playoff push. So, well, that's that goes to more of a draft strategy, too, is our, as long as you're comfortable with who you're drafting and you feel like you're putting together a good team, taking a run on somebody like that is fine. Yeah. Well, let me, can I bring up some of my wide receiver sleepers here yeah. real quick? So some of these ones are going to be outlandish and that's fine. I don't care. I'm just throwing names out there of people who I think might make a, a difference this year. Uh, first one is, I know this is ridiculous, but somebody somewhere is going to pick up Antonio Brown. So I think, you know, obviously if you got a couple of weeks here before the season starts, but at some point you're probably not going to draft the guy because if you do, you're dumb, but you're going to pick him up at some point. Is he suspended? Yes. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, well then maybe you want to X that one. (laughs) But again, it goes back to your draft strategy then. But his his suspension doesn't – it starts at the beginning of the season. It's not – he doesn't have to be with somebody for it to start. Okay, okay. So then a couple other names of uh, wide receiver sleepers. And I think we mentioned his name earlier, but I want to say it again. Robbie Anderson in Carolina. I think Robbie Anderson is going to go off this season. And so I think he might even bump up into that tier three level. And Scott, in my opinion, he might be somebody you might want to consider. Only thing that bothers me is him is Bridgewater's lack of throwing the deep ball and him being predominantly vertical threat. But other than that, paired with his old college coach, you know, there's going to, he's going to be on the field a lot. If you look at it, who, who was, who was the Jets quarterback before Darnold? Uh, A bunch of awful guys. Right. Even think exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And what was Robbie Anderson doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So some other names here of ones that I just thought would be deep round, like, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 round kind of a deal. I think Deshaun Jackson might, might actually, you know, I mean, he's, he's a Philadelphia guy and he's going to score you some points once in a while, but he's never going to be consistent. He's not a starter. He's not your wide receiver one, two, three, but he's might be somebody on your bench that could get you some points from time. He, to time. He is one of those guys that will get you maybe five good weeks. Yep. Yeah. 
and then and hurt, his rib, which hurt his rib. And, no, no, I'm talking about the first five weeks. Oh, of the I season. see. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, I, can't, I don't even know if he's playing this week. Yep. So some other ones like uh, Devin Duvernay, I think in Baltimore, he'll do pretty good. I think uh, he's got a chance to make a difference there. He's again, he's a late round guy. He's not somebody you're going to trust in your top three of wide receivers. Um, I was also thinking of, well, I mean, Sammy Watkins doesn't seem to be getting the love that he was in years past, but I think he's a guy that might be around and might be decent. Um, and then the last one out of Chicago is that Anthony Miller. I think he has a chance of being fairly decent this year. So, I like yeah. Anthony Miller. I do, I do too. Again, I just don't trust the offense. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, the guy throwing the ball is terrible. So my big, my big ones are, um, Scott, you mentioned him a little bit earlier was, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Going to New Orleans like that, um, he's proven from team to team to team has just been great. Um, he can switch teams and not disappear. And he's going to benefit from the Michael Thomas double teams and all yeah. the focus mm-hmm. being on him. Um, next would be Brashad Perryman. He showed he showed a flash at the end of last year, showing that he you know he was worth the draft pick that he was taken if he stays healthy. Um, and I, I I really like him. And then also. Uh, I was big on him last year. He, he got hurt, but he, he looked good, especially in Miami. Was uh, Preston Williams? Yep, um, he's a big I, sleeper this year. Preston Williams is 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 an excellent talent. Um, he's got great hands. It's just you know whoever's throwing him the ball. Hopefully, Tua gets in sooner than later. Um, I think you know that might actually end up working in the long run. And then one more is uh, Deontay Johnson. I was just gonna say the same thing. Yes, I think he. Would, I mean Pittsburgh. Who do they got? I mean, obviously, you know, a healthy Juju, and I, yeah. I personally don't like James Washington that much as a player. I think Deontay no. Johnson's much more talented. He's their number two option. I, I would have to agree with that. A couple guys, um, Alan Lazard. I actually like Alan Lazard. Yeah, I wasn't you know? going to say that one because I don't want to sound like the <laughs> I one, know, I know, but that's Alan why I'll, I'll, I'll bring gonna it up. Be, he's going to get a lot of targets this year. I've also, yeah, and I've heard that, like, him and Rodgers are basically BFS now, you know, so, you know, that's his, that's that's going to be his guy. So, yeah, I think there's a big target share for him. And then I do want to just touch on Justin Jefferson real quick, you know, because, again, Diggs is gone. You're, you know, we're asking mm-hmm. who else is going to catch the ball there. Just, you know, it's a similar offense to what he was running in college. He's a terrific route runner. You know, he's going to benef- be the beneficiary of those eight, you know, eight-yard slants when Thielen's, you know, stretching the field, you know. So, I think he could – have a lot of catches this year. Would not surprise me if he if he gets 800, 900 receiving yards. So one name that no, no one said at all, which is, you know, A.J. Green. Where are we at with that? I just don't know what the hell, where the health is. I think I read something yesterday that he's already having some aggravation health-wise okay. on the field. Um, suddenly, there's a lot of targets there. Like, Tyler Boyd is not going away. They drafted uh, – what's his name? Uh, he was supposed to go in the first round. Big time receiver. He went in round two, but uh, Clemson. T. Higgins. Oh yeah. You know T. Higgins is there out of Clemson. You know there's there's still some guys there to catch the ball. I just don't know how Burrow's going to spread it around, and 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 it's also a health thing more than anything. Sure. I'm going to say one name, and I want it on record, just because I think by the end of the year he's actually going to be a pretty good wide receiver. I, I know you're going to laugh at me. That's what you probably don't even know the name. Equinemia St. Brown. I love the name. I I, I know who he is. He's he gonna. Like, he's, he's seven gonna feet get, tall. He, he's tall. <laughs> he's fast, and he's super super talented. They wanted him to, on last year's uh, uh, roster, but they just couldn't find the room for him, so they had to put him in the IR. And he is. I mean, it's only been a, like a week of camp so far, but evidently he's catching everything 
and he's burning up the field. And I, I'm, I'm not saying because Rodgers is real touchy with those. He's got to trust his guys for some. Yep. That's why I reason. like Alan Lazard because they're yeah, hanging exactly. out together all yep. summer. And that's why MVS is out of the picture because EQ has just taken over and Lazard took over last year and MVS just was not reliable enough in his route running. We can probably move on with that. I don't have anything else to add. Oh, no, one more thing. Uh, CD Lamb. Everybody love him? Great. Let's move on. I do love CD Lamb. Yeah, I just—I I mean, I worry, you know, with three top-tier guys, how it's going to play out. But I mean, the, I don't I trust the talent and the. Player. I don't trust Gallup's health. I'm not a huge Gallup fan going into the season either. He's got to get on the field, and, and that's not—it's proven. And I and, and honestly, I and I just think from a pure talent standpoint, he's the the least talented of the three, just from oh, talent by far. So, by far, you can't. Yeah. If the socials are your thing, then give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Benchwarmers TV. And also, we have a Facebook group uh, for the fans of the pod. It's called The Bench. Check us out there. And do us a huge favor. If this kind of content is something that you're into, this extra stuff, not just fantasy football, but just generally about sports or any other topics you want us to come on, or anybody out there that wants to come on to talk about something specific for about an hour or so, just on a bonus episode, hit us up on the bench or hit us up on Twitter, and we'll get back at you and we'll bring you on. Uh, We love all that kind of feedback, so please let us know what you're thinking. Thank you very much. Let's go ahead and burn through some more of this stuff here. So where do we want to go next there, Scott? Uh, do you want to do QBs or tight ends? Eric's probably foaming at the mouth to do tight ends. Oh. Maybe we should Let's do, do quarterbacks just to mess with them. Go ahead. All right, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll do QBs <laughs> first. Um, QB tier one is Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson for me. Who? Patrick yeah. Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I need to uh, to really go into that any further. I disagree um, with you. Go ahead. <laughs> I put my tiers into. I ended up. It ended up being like my top ten QBs. Um, I'm wearing the jersey tier two. Russell Wilson. You know, again, Eric mentioned it, that their offense is so unpredictable every year. But the one thing you know for sure is that Russell Wilson finishes as a top five fantasy quarterback. Exactly. Like, it's mm-hmm. just going to happen. Um, the guy I'm probably biggest on this year, and I'm not alone in that, is Kyler Murray. I just, with, the, with the running, with, with the red zone, tar, you know, the red zone threat of DeAndre Hopkins now, with Kenyon Drake for a full season. I mean, they took off when they got Drake last year. I Like, it would not – I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking about him as – QB two fantasy wise at the end of the year. I just think that the offense is tailored around him so much that it, it he almost can't finish in the top five, right? Like I can't I, not. I feel like a lot of his love comes from what Lamar Jackson did last year. Oh, of course. And Absolutely. everyone's hoping to catch fire in a pan with, you know, that he's the next, he's the next guy that's going to do well, it. He's got to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. that, that's what I mean. Like everyone, you know, anybody that drafted Lamar Jackson last year had an easy route to the championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, they drafted him in the 13th round. Exactly. Um, so that's what I think a lot of people are going to do this year. And by doing that, it's going to move him up a couple drafts oh, yeah. rounds. So he's going to be going way too early to warrant, I feel a, a pick to where I would be comfortable taking him. Scott, who else is in your tier two? Uh, so it's Wilson Murray and my only other tier two guy is, uh, Mr. Dakota Prescott. Uh, and again, <laughs> I that's, I mean, that's, it's again, we just talked about all the receivers, right? Three receivers there plus Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and people forget, you know, Dak runs a lot in the red zone as well. You know, he's good. He's good to get, you know, three, four, five rushing touchdowns a season as well. So I'm speaking, um, personally, I hate his, I, I don't like him. I'm a, a Cowboys fan. I do not like Dak Prescott. I don't trust him um he's a very nice person i've heard um but (laughs) when it comes to 
he he reminds me his season last year reminded me a lot of um Blake Bortles a couple of years ago. Oof. Um where he he wasn't when he needed to be good and this is just not fantasy reasons sure. where he he needed to be good to win a game and put up numbers to be consistent he wasn't. And when he really showed and put up all these numbers it's when they were already out of the game. So it was a lot of garbage time points so I don't trust him if Dallas is better as a team, he won't put up those numbers. Eric, your tier one and tier two are pretty similar to what Scott had there. I mean, unless you, I only put. I think tier two. Um, I have Watson in my tier two. I want to you have him who? in there. I just don't trust the receivers. Deshaun Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I just don't. So, I've been burned by Wolfler too many times now. Like, sure. I, just, I don't trust him. Randall Cobb does nothing for me. And again, Brandon Cooks is on his what, fourth team in five years. Yeah. What's that about? He's got he's got the talent. He just not he isn't consistent. All right. Well, I want to throw a name out there just because it's interesting to me how this older generation of quarterbacks that were performing consistently just a couple of years ago have fallen off of a cliff. So, what is the value of Drew Brees these days? Uh, what do you guys think? Brees Brees did drop quite a bit fantasy wise last year. It, he despite went, the Michael Thomas all yeah. world season too. He he went from that guy that's going to get you twenty to thirty points a week to twenty four being twenty four yeah. being his ceiling. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's a like consistent it's, yeah. eighteen point guy. Yeah, so I mean that and that's six points or whatever sixteen points from his ceiling to yeah to his mm-hmm. his average is it was it was too big of a drop. And that goes back to why I like Camara so much this year. But I mean, certainly I think Emmanuel Sanders obviously helps. The, you know the numbers there for Breeze. Breeze is in my tier three. I don't. I'm not as low on him as a lot of other people. Um, you know. Okay, so we want to move on. I think we exhausted our quarterback discussion here. So. Yeah, I mean, I think we all have probably maybe a guy. I know you have a guy, Matt, that you wanted to mention a little bit, and you know, Eric. Well, I mean, I it's not even. I just think this bit. is a guy. If you got a injured quarterback that's not consistent, and you need to pick something up, something up on a buy whether it's a bye week or something, your number two is, you know, on a bye, your number one quarterback is inconsistent. And you're thinking, let's take a flyer on somebody. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think that flyer this year might be valid if you had Daniel Jones. And only because Barkley is going to catch the ball more out of the uh, backfield or be more consistent running. They got a better offensive line now than they did last year. And out of those five or six targets that are his big targets downfield, all of them are going to play more this year than they did last year. Sure. And so there was zero amount of times I've seen it multiple times, zero times that all of them were on the field at the same time last year. Yep. Now this year would be very different. This isn't to say that Daniel Jones is going to get you 16 points every week. This is only to say that there might be a flash in the pan from sometimes when he gets you 30 points and the next week he gets to eight. Honestly, I don't agree with you, but again, at the same time, I don't disagree um, he could be, he has the p- potential of being, again, not to mention this guy again, Blake Bortles from what, 2016, whatever year that was, where the Giants are bad. They're going to throw the ball 80 times when they're trailing by 30. Um, and you know what I mean? He's got, they have the weapons around him where it can potentially work out. Throws a lot of interceptions. He coughs up the yeah. ball a lot. He's not a good quarterback, yeah, right. but he does have a possibility of from time to time scoring a boatload of points yeah so for me if i need a bye week fill in 
give me a guy that doesn't throw interceptions and doesn't turn the ball over that uses that's very consistent uses his feet you know people forget you know how agile he is and at least for the first six to eight games give me some Tyrod Taylor all day and then in that Anthony Lynn offense I I, you know he is the model of consistency at the position he's not going to have a 40 point week for you he's not and that's you know if you're looking for that he's not your guy you know but if you're looking for a guy that's going to consistently score t- between 12 and 15 points for you, not turn the ball over, it's going to be Taylor, you know, and he's going to run some options. They're going to do some different things. I think, you know, I think Anthony Lynn is really excited to not have Philip Rivers, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, he can finally do some different things on that offense. And I that's, think that's, Tyrod is your, your, your 100% fill in quarterback for a week. Yeah. Yep. And I just want to throw that out there because, yeah. you know, I don't want people to, I don't think people should, you know, be overlooking him, you know, he's a, and he'll sneak in, you know, a rushing touchdown here or there too, you know, and put up six for you. My question is going to be, why is um, Ben Roethlisberger so low other than the injury? I, I, I mean, to me, it's it, one, it's the injury and two, it's the unknown of who's on the other side of Juju, you know, Deontay Johnson was pretty good last year. I don't like James Washington personally. Um, Eric Ebron, I can't trust him at tight end. You know, I think that's what it is. It's a mixture of, I think, injury and just uncertainty of who's actually going to catch the ball on that team. Even 12 years ago at Ben Roethlisberger's apex, he still was never a, not 10 years, 12 years ago, but maybe like six years, seven, eight years ago. He was never a high uh, fantasy football point getter. He was a solid guy that got you you know, 20 to 26 points a week or something like that. But he was never one yeah. of those guys who got you a ton of stuff. Yeah. But based on rankings that I'm looking at, when you see players yeah, he's, like he's dropped big time, he's Joe, little... when you have Joe Burrow rated ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, it <laughs> Daniel doesn't make sense. Jones on the one that I have is <laughs> yeah. rated above Ben Roethlisberger. Thank you. Raker.com. Right. <laughs> Dude, so, all right. So, so let's do this real quick. Big Ben or Matt Ryan, who would you rather have this year? Matt Ryan. Okay. Big, Big Ben or Big Ben or Matthew Stafford? Big Ben. No, Stafford. Big Ben or Jared Goff with Big no ben. with maybe Ooh. no running game in LA. We don't know what their running game is going to look like. That I would take Goff. Okay. See Big so, maybe I'm different than everybody else cuz I have him not top 10, but I mean he's I have him above most of the other players that I've nobody also else heard right. that I've also heard that Buffalo has really good Weed to smoke too, so you know Pittsburgh. Pitts, yeah, I'm I mean, talking I, about you smoking weed. Oh, oh I was gonna say <laughs> Buffalo might. I mean, you know, there's a reason To played there for that season, I guess. But there's a uh, two other quarterbacks I wanted to mention just real quick. People that I don't think are give, getting too much love. I I don't know. Do you think Ryan Tannehill is going to be a starter in most leagues? I hope not. If not a league, I want to be in. Well, maybe this league I want to be in because I'll win it. I think he's a solid number two on my bench. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to have a decent year this year. Sure, he's, he's going to be a he's a bi, he's Tannehill at he's best. A I think replacement. a bye week fill in. Yeah, sure. Yep. And then I I think there's value in doing taking a flyer on Cam Newton as a late round yeah. number two quarterback. I, I agree, think Cam yeah. Newton has a lot of upside because we don't know what's going to happen in New England. I think he's going to score a lot of rushing touchdowns. I know, but I at the <laughs> yeah. same time I know they love Jarrett Stidham. They, they they love him in New England. That's that seems to be the consensus. Yeah, yeah. That's Eric. Do you have any sleepers? Um, I mean, not so much a sleeper, but I I, I love Drew Locke. Um, I, I concur one hundred percent. A lot of weapons. It's, it's it's a ton of running backs. A great defense. Um, 
I, I feel like he's in a position if, as long as he's got a good head on his shoulders to, to do something. So Drew Lock or Ben Roethlisberger. I'd probably, I'd probably take Big it. Ben right now. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the guy who's done it before. As a backup, if I have a solid starter, Drew Locke. If I yeah. need, like, as my regular week-to-week starter, it's Big Ben. Okay. Do either of you either of you buy into any of John Gruden's crap about possibly starting Marcus Mariota over Derek Carr? I, I buy into it because he's crazy. Yeah. Fair enough. That's fair a good enough. point. Yeah. Does that if, – if, if Marcus Mariota becomes the starter – is there any sort of fantasy relevance there in a Gruden offense? Is there any relevance in the well, quarterback with position legs. with Las Vegas at all? Yeah. Darren really? Waller. Who? <laughs> we'll get to him. I guess tight ends are next, right? <laughs> okay, let's go to tight ends. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> nice Eric, why don't, segue. why don't what you, you start us off on this one? All right. <laughs> so um, tight ends are kind of my thing, right? Um, so, I mean, your tier one is going to be there's two guys. It's Kelsey and it's Kittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it begins and ends with them. Um, tier two. It's a, it's that mix of Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, but I have Darren Waller in my tier two just for the sheer volume of catches that he's going to get. I think that's fair. Um, I think that's a, I have one more guy in my tier two, but I have those three and one more guy. Um, tier three, it, it's really – tier three, when you hit tight ends, it kind of becomes a very muddled mess. Um, I mean, you can hope for TJ Hawkinson. You can hope for Dallas Goddard. You can hope for – uh, Tyler Higby, but it's a lot of guys. I guess Higby maybe might have more upside, yeah, than anybody else. And then there's Hunter Henry, who's got the talent. But so Hunter Henry is my other guy that I have in tier two um, because okay. Tyrod Taylor is tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end so much. Yes, like he hits, he throws to the tight end so much, and honestly. I, he hasn't had a tight end with the athletic ability of Hunter Henry. You know, he was thrown like to Charles Clay, no disrespect, but not on the level of, of Hunter Henry when it comes to agility and athleticism. I think Hunter Henry is primed for a huge season as long as he can stay healthy and stay on the field. The talent we know is there. But that's that's where you have to figure it out is that, right? you know, what? where do you take somebody where right. he's got such sure. a question yep. as far as staying on the field? But if you're asking me, like, to me, the gap between like taking Zach Ertz and taking Hunter Henry is not that far for me because Ertz is coming off an injury and they have Goddard where it's just Hunter Henry and we know Tyrod loves using that tight end. You know, So if I'm taking a guy coming off an injury, I might consider Hunter Henry depending on what my receiver situation looks like. You know, The guy with a little bit more upside than Zach Ertz, I think. Okay. Um, Evan Ingram, I, he, he's a great talent, but he's on that same level as Hunter Henry for me. That's why I have him in the same tier, yep. um, where they're, you know, if they can stay on the field, you, you got a solid tight end, but they've proven over and over again that they can't. Yep. How do you feel? How do you guys feel about Austin Hooper coming off the huge season he had last year, switching teams? No, it's Cleveland. Cleveland's that team that you can't. Week to week, you don't know what team's right. coming on the field. Yep, I don't want any of them because you just don't know. Outside of Nick Chubb, obviously. Yeah. I agree. You don't want to hit up on your Big Ben's guy, Eric Ebron, over there in Pittsburgh? Honestly, he's one of my big sleepers for tight ends. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, it's the same thing. If he can stay healthy? Yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, that's, he's... Why I think, uh, that's why I think that Dallas Goddard is a big is a good pick because Zach Ertz has proven he can't stay on the field for the last season and a half or so. So, or just last e- season, but Ebron's that. proven that when I mean he can play a full season. Um and at the same time he's proven that 
when he has a good quarterback, like he did with luck, that he can have a great year. He's got yeah, the ability. I, I agree. A um, couple other guys that aren't flashy, sexy names by any means, but that I want to talk about uh, one being Jack Doyle uh, in Indianapolis. Again, for the same reason, Phil Rivers has always, 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 always had a fantasy relevant tight end his entire Jack, career. Jack Doyle's been always one of those guys that's just, he's a grinder. Yeah, and he's just he a, made right. a career off of just getting yep. two or three catches, a and game he's just and, and he's just going to be yards. that reliable, you know, safety net target for Philip Rivers. We talked about really not anyone else there to trust besides T.Y. Hilton. I think Doyle will be the guy he develops a rapport with. You know, I think a lot of red zone targets for him, uh, and the other one actually. And I know everyone is on the uh, the Will Disley train after what he did, you know, for about a half of a season last year in Seattle. But uh, I, Greg Olson's not. He's not dead and he's not going away. And, you know, he's a guy that you forget is on that team. And then he's going to beat you one week because he's going to score two touchdowns out of nowhere. And Wilson's going to look I'm, for him, I think, in the his, his foot scares the crap out of me. I don't think he has to be on the field that much, that fantasy relevance, though. I think you just run him out there in the red zone, you know, and, and you know, I think Wilson's going to, you know, he's going to extend plays with his legs. Olsen's going to be that savvy, you know, veteran that's going to be able to get open like you do with Cam Newton. And, you know, four-yard touchdown pass. If, you know, he does a couple of those, you're looking at a 15-point week. So my big tight end sleeper is going to be Jonu Smith. I think to start the season, he's going to be on your bench because you're going to have another option. But by week three or week four, he's going to start producing higher numbers than we had thought that he would be producing. And he's going to be forcing your hand to start him. So that's my big sleeper for the tight end position. Uh, I'll go, I'll get into my guy now. And I can't believe that I'm so high on this guy because I didn't like him as a player. I didn't like him when he was drafted in the first round a couple years ago. I thought it was erroneous, but Hayden Hurst, man, give me some Hayden Hurst in Atlanta. Uh, you know, he came over in that, in the trade and we've seen before, again, Matt Ryan is a guy that really likes to use the tight end. We saw this huge season that Austin Hooper put up last year. It's the same offense. You're just sliding in a different guy and then actually a more athletic guy. He's a more athletic, more agile target, you know, than Austin Hooper is. And it's Julio Jones, it's Calvin Ridley, who teams are going to game plan for. And then what is it? You know, it's, you know, an uh, an unpredictable Todd Gurley out of the backfield. And then it's Hayden Hurst, who's, I mean, he's huge. He's like six foot seven. You know, he can win jump balls. He's, He's fast enough to win over the middle. He can beat linebackers. Uh, you know, I just think that – and I think they're going to be throwing a lot because their defense is awful. They're going to be down in games. That division is really good with the Saints and the Bucks and the Panthers. They're going to be losing football games. I think Hayden Hurst is probably finished the season – finishes the season as a top five or six tight end. I love some Hayden Hurst this year. Eric, you got any other tight ends you want to talk about? So, Scott stole that from me. Um <laughs> No, he he was he's big on my list. Um, there's not really that name this year outside of. There's no Darren Waller to me from last year. I was high on Darren Waller last mm-hmm. year before I have him in every league. No one was even looking at him, and I was snatching him up super late, and it was great. Um, this year, um, I mean Blake Jarwin. Darwin. I. I it's it's it has potential, but then again, at the same time, you have all of those weapons in Dallas, and you don't know who's going to get the ball week to week. Um, For a Jimmy guy who was talking about Locke so much, I don't hear anything about uh, Fant. Unproven, so I'm not big on him. Um, yeah. I, I've, I, I haven't. He's seen... got a lot of Evan Engram in me, which scares me. His, yeah. his body type is similar. I don't know how he can hold up. Chris Herndon. I was just going to ask you about Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon. I feel he he has the potential to make that leap this year. 
the so you think the Jets, you think Darnold is going to prove that he can but actually throw the ball? I feel like Darnold's not as bad as everyone thinks he is. Well, he's I never th- had anyone to throw to. But the, and it, I think I think his problem is his coach. Oh, absolutely. Oh, one hundred percent agree. It's, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I agree. If if they had a more innovative mind there, maybe you know, if a di- completely different situation, you may see Sam Darnold leave the Jets in a couple years and become the quarterback that he can be. Um, you know, if, assuming he when he gets to pick the situation that he goes to. But the only thing that scares me because I'm high on Sam Darnold. I think he's he's a great quarterback, but he could be stuck in that you know if the next chance he gets is as a backup and then he never sees the field again i want to talk about the uh tampa bay tight ends real quick because i have oj howard as a big wild card this year because i know everyone is talking about gronkowski's back everyone's talking about evans and godwin i think that the biggest beneficiary of tom brady could actually potentially be oj howard he's i know he's got the talent and i have it i have it the the other way around you think gronk is going to be the guy no you think Cameron Brait is the guy? I think Cameron Brait's the guy in Tampa. I feel Gronk's going to be that guy that shows up in the red zone and that's Yeah. It. Oh yeah. I and then you're going to have OJ Howard. I think o- I think OJ Howard would have been gone if we didn't fall into this pandemic. Probably. And I think that would have been helpful for him, but I think if there's of anyone that has a chance to really break through with Tom Brady there cuz we know what Cameron Brait is. We know, yeah. you know, Cameron Brait is is, you know, Keith Miller. Yeah. You know, we know what Cameron Braid is, and and that's fine. OJ Miller's the guy. I'm sorry, OJ Howard. I just made up a new guy. OJ Miller. Pre and post game. Oh yeah, right. OJ <laughs> Howard is the guy to me. Like it's like a David and Joku situation. We know the talent is there. That's undoubtable. The talent, the athleticism. He's probably one of the two or three most athletically gifted tight ends yes. in you know in all of football. We've seen the flashes before with not good quarterback play. Now we have a guy who we know he runs two tight end sets. We've seen how well he can do it with Gronkowski and that other guy we won't mention from years past. You know, with with him being that more athletic option. So if they're using that same formula, right? Why, do you, Bray, why, why are you hating on Ben Watson? Yeah, right. We're <laughs> no it's Daniel Grant, dude. <laughs> you know? But if we're looking at, you know, something similar where Brait is the Gronkowski in that situation and OJ Howard is, you know, that other fella, you know, he's the yeah. one that racks up the yards. You know, he's probably not gonna score the touchdowns. There's 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 one big difference. Well about about ten years of age on Tom Brady's arm. Sure. Agreed. And that's why Bray, I feel like will be a better option for him because Howard can stretch the field, but can Brady. Mm-hmm. probably not yeah it's gonna so, be an interesting offense to see this again that's a lot of mouths to feed there there's a lot of options on that team all right so now guys i think we want to talk about strategies i know eric that's a big deal for you is talking about draft strategy but before we get into your thing i'm just going to tell you about my draft strategy so for years what i would do is i would google uh uh, fantasy football cheat sheets about an hour and a half before the uh, draft started. Then I would look through them and do find out who Matthew Barry likes, and then I would draft those guys. But recently, over the past few years, I've gotten a little more serious about it, but I'm nowhere near what you guys are. But I'm interested to hear uh, what your different uh, methodologies or your mind is when it comes to strategy. So, Eric, why don't you throw it out there, bud? So strategies to me breaks down to three different ways. All right. Do I have a top five pick? Do I have a five through six, five, six, seven pick? Or do I have an eight through 10 pick? And these are going basically all, you know, 10 team leagues. Uh, 
And you're right. working off of a snake draft, right? Yes. So um, basically it comes down to who's taken. If I have in that middle round, that's where I start looking wide receiver. Um, but it depends year to year. This year especially, I'm very heavy on running backs. I feel like you have to get one of the top five somehow. Um these are the guys that you have to be able to set your watch to um, and get your 20 points a week out of. Um, and I feel like you can't do that with a wide receiver as much as you want to. Um, but more or less, it's going to be your, you know, at the end, maybe look at Lamar Jackson of the first round. Um, if all the running backs are gone and your top tier wide receivers are gone. So I don't know, like Scott, what you're looking at or, yeah, I don't – I really shouldn't be giving this away since we're all going to be playing in a league together. Right? But I <laughs> almost every single year try to find out a way to get myself the back-to-back picks at the end of the, at the, end of the first round. I much rather would – I'd much rather have players 10 and 11 than players like 1 and 20, uh, you know, and that's just my strategy is – and depending on the way that the first round has, you know, sh- shakes out, I usually tend to go running back, running back. In, in you know years past that way I don't have to worry about my running backs you know for a while because running backs are so thin you can get receivers that are going to be productive you know wide receiver twos you know in round th- into round three four round five yeah. so I try to go running back running back at the end of the first round if I can I prefer similar to you but I'll I'm happy with pick one or two and I'm happy with pick nine or ten I yeah. hate being in that middle of right. the draft four five years. six sucks yes it's awful yeah, if it, I can get terrible. a top three back, I'm happy. If I can get, like I said, nine or ten at the end of the draft, I can make up for it and, you know, get what I need. Yeah. Um, My other strategy, personally, I will say this. I am a wait on quarterback and tight end person myself. I won't be the first guy in my league to take either of those positions uh, just because, again, there's depth. Like, you – People get lost in, like, I have to have Lamar. I have to have Mahomes. I'm fine running out 15 points every single week out of my QB position if I'm beefing up the other positions. So I'll wait, and I'll end up with a, you know, a, you know, in years past, it would be like, you know, a Matthew Stafford or a Matt Ryan or someone like that. Probably not this year. I'm going to aim more towards, you know, like a Kyler Murray if I can, you know, or someone like that. But I won't be taking a QB first. and I, I probably won't be taking Kelsey or Kittle because I just – Usually those guys go a little bit too early for me. Yeah. So it's it's more or less the the drop off that you need to concern yourself with from you know, if you if you get Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, you're the drop off from those two to Dak Wilson or, you know, Watson, what is it, ten points maybe average a week, if that. I mean, can you live without that? Is your running back gonna make up for that? Um, and that's what it'll come down to. Um, and it was years ago, you know, Tony Romo was my guy that I would always take late. He was just, it was just that perfect guy where not, not a lot of love, but he put up that solid, you know, 15 to 20 points a week and with the boom of 35 occasionally. Yeah. Two things I want to ask you guys, are you, do you prefer a wide receiver in flex or a running back in flex? Do you have a preference? I mean, obviously it comes down to your roster, but. I usually like the boom and the bust of the wide receiver. So I usually go with the wide receiver probably, you know, 70% of the time. Mine is if I can roll out three running backs a week, I'm going to roll out three running backs a week. I like guaranteed touches. That's where I, 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 you know, build a lot of my success through the years was through guys that I know are going to touch the ball. 
Yep. So you guys differ on that. And Eric, I know you mentioned at the beginning, like when I mentioned it, that, you know, you tend to do a lot of trades, you know, and make a lot of moves to your team. And, and you should never do this. Listen, never, ever draft to trade. But in late rounds and things like that, is that something that you ever consider or take into consideration? You know, let me grab like a hot name or let me grab a guy that I know someone in my league really likes, you know, try to boost that trade value. I've never attacked it that way. I've always late guys are, tend to be um, not to give anything away to the league we're about to be in. Um, late guys tend to be to me are those ones that used to be great that might still be a little. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, example would be Ladanian Tomlinson when he was with the Jets. Yep. Like maybe you know maybe. Yeah, maybe he still um, has it. Yeah. My approach has been for years, and I like this approach, and it works has worked for me is I keep one tight end and one quarterback on my roster. And then I load up my bench with wide receivers and running backs. Oh, yeah. And that's for two reasons. Number one, I love to have a ton of options in case somebody all of a sudden starts blowing up. And number two, it keeps those mid to low range guys that would be available for someone else to pick up when their guys are on buys off of their rosters and unavailable to them exactly so my pet peeve what's your like pet peeve i guess more or less is i hate i mean it benefits me so i don't know why i hated it that much um it's annoying to me when you're in a draft and people are filling their starters just because they got to fill their starters before they can start like oh i better i better get a tight end before i take a fourth running back right Mm -hmm. that's that's i feel like you're you're hurting yourself if doing that. If you're not going to get a top two or top three tight end, and why right, are if, you if, spending a fifth round pick on a tight end? Yep. If I right. don't get one of the top two, I'm probably getting like the eighth best one because yep. I'm not taking one like for very, very. I'll be the last person in my draft to draft a tight end. I've yeah. I've been in a league where they're drafting defenses and kickers to fill their start their starters. The starters, yeah. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, you sh- there's still like top level wide receivers yeah. out here. What What are you? Right. Yeah, it's like Robert Woods doing? is still on the board. You yeah, know? someone like that. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. Do you guys handcuff your starting running backs? Never. Okay. I know that's handcuff? been a, you know it. About, what do you mean by you that? Know, the last five six years, that's become like a huge you know, thing in fantasy football. Explain what that means. What do you mean by that? So it's like drafting the backup to, you know, the guys that you draft. So so say you draft Ezekiel Elliott, you're like, I got to get Tony Pollard, you know, or a situation like that. No, I don't do that. If, like, it it, it happens more so with your injury-prone running backs, like Todd Gurley. Like, oh, I have Todd Gurley. I got to get Edo Smith this year. Um, If if somebody wants to – I'm not going to waste two picks on Todd Gurley, and that's how I see it. Yeah. Like, all right, I picked Todd Gurley, so I have to go pick somebody else. Like, yep. that's basically wasting two picks on one guy, hoping, you know. The, you know, the, uh, the boom of the first one has to be so extreme and also balanced with the percentage chance that they'll get injured. Yeah. That it makes it sense to that this person that their backup you would select is going to be of higher value than the 10th round pick running back that you were going to pick or right. 13th round or whatever. I, I feel like it's fine, say, and not to use Gurley, you know, repeatedly, but say you draft Todd Gurley. Um, I guess he's got the biggest injury questions. I'm more or less of a starting back that's out there. Um, say you draft him. I can probably get my handcuff of Gurley in a different team's running back. That's it what I was going to ask. to be right. Gurley's right. backup. It, it, I, that's what I was going to ask. Like, if I have Todd Gurley, maybe I look at, like, Alexander Madison super late, right? Yeah. Because if Dalvin Cook gets her, Alexander Madison's like a top 10 back. Yeah. You know, so I, I prefer that as well. I just wanted to ask because, you know, I'm sure people that are listening to this, 
you know, are in leagues with you people who handcuff. And Matthew Barry is a big, you know, he's big on the handcuff, I know. So, you know, I figured I would bring it up. But that's, I mean, as far as my strategies go, yeah, I like to be, give me, give me 10 and 11 at the end yeah. of the first round. That's what I prefer. For, for handcuffs, one more thing. Like, if you're worried about handcuffs, then you're not confident in your roster. Mm-hmm. Is really what it comes down to. Yeah, right. Like, don't draft the guy. Like, like yeah. if you're worried about Todd Gurley, just don't draft him. And if there's time left in your draft that you're thinking about handcuffing yourself, that means there's still a possibility for you to improve your roster. Exactly. What are you doing? Right? Yeah. And find smart sleepers. Take, make smart late picks. Don't make sentimental late picks. Like I have a buddy and every year for like the last four years, he's drafted like Josh Gordon late. Cause he's like, this is going to be the year. Like he's fine. He's going to pull through. Like I really want it to. And I'm like, dude, he's, he's going to put drafting? the marijuana down. Yeah. I'm like, he's got why it. Are you drafting? Cause like, if it happens, like don't draft what ifs on it. Like I stay away from that. Like there have to, if there have to be a hundred things have to go, that have to go right for this guy to have fantasy relevance. They're not going to go right. Do not draft that guy. Like draft someone who, doesn't have any question marks. So I have uh, I have one just, I guess, oddity um, story from a draft I was in once. Um, so this was a league, and well, I want to say let's half. Let's set this up first. All right. Are we talking about strategy? No, this is this is just something okay. in a draft so that I've seen once. Let me introduce this real quick here because so so one thing that we had brought up and we didn't really discuss early on is that we wanted to talk about just fantasy football oddities like league oddities are weird things that people do that are fun specific to their league. You hear a lot of people talk about uh, punishments or something like that. If you lose their league or you talk about trophies that they get or traditional things or something like that. So we each wanted to talk a little bit about that. So sorry, no, th- go ahead. Eric. No, this isn't, this isn't along those lines. This is just more of a league I was in that was just not, it was the shows. It, there was a lot of noobs, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, it was a league I was in with a, a buddy and it was a lot of his family that weren't really into football. And this was Robert Griffin's f- rookie season. 2012. Okay. So it, he does an online draft because he hates, he doesn't, he just likes to see the rankings in front of him. He doesn't like, all right, this is the next guy available. This is the next best guy available. So I'm on my computer sitting there. I'm like, all right, just, I had like the f- third pick. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to you know, lining up one of these guys. So first pick comes and I don't know who this guy is. And all of a sudden across my screen, Robert Griffin, rookie season, Robert Griffin went number one overall in this oh draft. God. Granted, it ended up working out for him because he had a great rookie season. Yeah, that rookie but, season come was on. only season. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm just like Robert Griffin. And then one year, um, the same league, same exact league. I would always go to my friends and tell the stories of this league. Um, the one year, maybe two or three years after that, Tyrod Taylor went third overall in this draft. Yeah. So I'm like, this league was, and, and it wasn't a free league. Like it's Real 50 money. bucks a pop. Yeah. Like yeah. it's adds up. It was just, I'm like, I, they've all learned their lessons to, since what last eight years, I guess. But it's, yeah. I'm like to see Robert Griffin go number one overall in a draft, a fantasy draft was just. I, uh, I don't, I don't really have too many oddities. Um, I had, I guess this was, I think, I guess two years ago now. I was at a live draft at Hooters, and that's that's an oddity, right? First now. <laughs> of all, awful. Let me tell you, worst like experience I've ever had. Um, and we're sitting there drafting, and I mean, I guess guys have been there. We're drafting around like seven p.m. Some guys, I guess, were just like had no lives and were just hanging out there since like three p.m. We're already just hammered, 
So we convinced this one guy to draft like every injured player from preseason that year. Oh yeah. And sure. this was the year Spencer Ware towards ACL. We're like, dude, you got to get Spencer Ware. And he took him. And then there was someone else. And we're like, you got to get this guy who also was out for the season. And he drafted him. He was just so drunk. He was drafting anyone we told him to. He ended up having a team of like three active guys for that season. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so just like a cautionary tale. Don't be that guy in your league, please. Don't be that guy. So I had a couple of different ones that I thought were kind of funny. Um, so number one, that league that I've been in since 1992, my brother, you know, back in the day when the NFL was all a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of people getting into legal issues every week <laughs> or getting arrested every week, it seemed like we used to have a thing and we quit doing it here about 10 years ago or so, but for the first 15 or 16 years of the league, we had um, what we called the, uh, that just were um, fines, like personnel fines. So if your person that was on your roster was in the newspaper for something non-football related in a negative way, then you had a $5 fine. So that was our ethics pot. So what happened was, is so, so some teams do the $1 per transaction. They do that kind of stuff over and over. Yeah. I think that that's okay. Sure. If you want to do it that way, that's fine. My, advice would be if you're starting up a league or if you're going to do something new and fun find something like that that's weird or fun like you know a, a fine for every fumble that a guy has you know like a two dollar fine or something like that and then what we did at the end of the year is our ethics pot went to the winner of the toilet bowl but there was three years in a row when the ethics pot was more than the actual oh winning. <laughs> whoever had Andre Risen, man, I hate to be that guy. <laughs> it was uh, it was Randy Moss was the big one because that was that one year where he was smoking the weed and hit over the, the meter maid. He was yeah. in the news every day for like uh, three weeks in a row for something stupid. And every day it cost people five bucks. <laughs> so, my, my Josh Gordon friend would have loved something yeah, like he that. He would have loved that one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then also uh, another league that I belong to that I belong to for a long time, we do a snake draft, but it's a little bit different instead of it going uh, one through 10 and then 10 to one and then back and forth the whole way. Every time it's one through 10 and then, it starts off then uh, two and then it goes down to 10 and then one at the end of the second round. And then one so has back bumps. to back. What's that? So it bumps the one to the back. Yep. So yeah, then, and then one goes up the first and it starts one, two, and then it goes 10 again and it goes back. And then it kind of does this whole, it's, it's, it's a goofy snake draft. It's not a, a true snake, but it's like a modified thing. So like if you have the number one picture, you've got the first and then you have the last of the of the first of the next one, but then you have back to back right away. So it's kind really? of it's interesting. Yeah. And I don't know where my, where my brother, who's the commissioner of the league, I don't know where he came up with that. But, you know, this was 1992. We've been doing the same <laughs> thing for a thousand years. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So, yeah, I've never I've heard, never of, I've that never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of that. But just give me give me pick ten and eleven all day. How many uh, how many leagues do you belong to, Eric? Ah, uh, six. Holy cow! So, soon to be seven. So if yeah, we do I ours, it'll so. be seven. <laughs> I used to do that many, and I've I've kind of tried to limit myself to like three or four now, yeah. because I, what I run into with like more than out of six or seven is I try not to have the same guys on the same teams. 
because then you're, yeah. you know, you're either winning or, you know, you're losing all your leagues and, you know, yeah. there's no parity and you can't. See, I, I'm so like my rankings, I, I it's like a religion to me. So <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. So if I have somebody high, I have them in all my leagues. Sure. Mm, yeah. <laughs> me too. I, I tend to do it if I'm more high on someone, but then yeah. it's just like, it's those boomer bus guys, right? It's like those well, Deshaun Jackson types. Well, like my my starter or my first few picks might be different because one draft I might have picked two, next draft I might yeah. have picked eight. But normally rounds six through fifteen, same guys. Yeah, no, I, like <laughs> same I'm, guys. I'm gonna try to have Hayden Hurst on like three of my teams this year. Yeah, <laughs> like Darren Waller last year. Every every draft I had, he was, yeah. picked. was like Josh Jacobs for me last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always those guys. Yeah, that you kind of cling to every season for yeah. sure. But I try not to do more than four or five leagues and if i and i only try to do them on like i try not to do more than two platforms like espn and yahoo i, I you know if i'm doing those two i'm not going to do one on like nfl.com because then it's just too many like apps and too many things to yep. log into i have i'm an espn guy i have an espn team a flea flicker team a <laughs> nfl team a yahoo two yahoo teams it's yeah it's all right, gentlemen, well, let's go ahead and start wrapping this up. Any final thoughts that we want to hit on anybody that you didn't mention in your sleepers, anybody that you want to say, you know, you're really, really in love with Michael Pittman and he just has to be on your team. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I got to, I feel like I got to talk about, you know, the guys that I was really high on the guys that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm just excited. I think this, you know, this uh, bench warmers, league is going to be a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to it if you're listening to this and you are lucky enough to be in the league with us i you know i'm coming for you and uh you know <laughs> if you have his draft strategies if you have the 10th pick in the draft uh talk to me because i want me, it baby. and i yeah literally i will like swap picks i'll give up one for 10 i don't care eric um you know tyler eifert <laughs> that's what i'm gonna end it with tyler eifert now jaguars tight end give, give a, him a look give him I'm, a look i'm right or die with jay sternberger evidently so <laughs> yeah we, we know mercedes right. lewis mercedes lewis i'm telling you man he's a uh he's the he's the right now he's the packers uh number three uh or tackle offensive tackle you know is, is, what it is, is. is jermaine gresham still around i'm not i can't remember <laughs> i never know he might be there you go. he's somewhere all right thanks for listening to this bonus episode of the benchwormers trivia podcast that great music that you're listening to is by justin nozick thanks to him for producing that music for us Make sure that you check us out on all the social medias. We're at BenchwarmersTP. And don't forget to look for us over on the bench and give us some feedback on these types of episodes or other episodes like this. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm for you. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night.